Good morning. Welcome to another Breakthrough Academy. Glad to be here. And I love the fact that we can join. And it's a little bit warmer today, Josh. Have you noticed that? I noticed that. I was just saying to you before that uh, last week I was in like a jumper and a thick jacket. Today I'm just in a jumper. That, that makes me uh, excited and optimistic <laughs> for summer. Because we're in, we've only just hit our last month of winter. Is that yeah, right? that's true. But it's felt a little bit springish, hasn't it? Yeah. So maybe maybe I shouldn't get too excited just yet, but I'm I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. I'm excited for summer. Though I did, I saw a news headline today that said um, Perth's being hit with um, like a snowstorm and stuff. It's really really cold weather's swept across them. So I'm sorry for anyone watching from Perth. You're like, I don't understand what you're talking about at does, all. It does is our, freezing over does, here. Does our weather come from that way or does it come from... Normally, but not, not, not as far as that. Not normally, as, if, if Adelaide's getting snow today, we normally get it tomorrow. Okay. So, um, but Perth's a bit further over. So good morning, everybody. We've got um, Joe Rose joining us, um, Peggy and Judith. So that's a few, we've already got people online yeah. and... Um, and um and all those that are watching but not commenting because we we, we, all, have, we have people that do that too, yeah which is fine that's that's fine as well we we love having our regulars and um, we we appreciate you uh, watching and, and being a part of it when you're bringing your you know your comments and your your own thoughts and the things that God's saying to you so um we you know it's it's exciting for us to have you guys here all the time and so we we definitely mean that and yeah. on that thought before with the weather turning up. Um, it is now warmer, so yeah. come. You will not be freezing. <laughs> we, we still put the heaters on if we need, but I haven't put nearly as many on today. So, yeah, so yeah you, everyone's welcome to be live, live online, um, live around the world. Or if you're watching this later, mm. bless you too. Yeah. You guys are, this, is, this is for them as well. So let's, um, let's jump into the Word of God. And um, we've been looking at covenant, understanding how God deals and ministers to us in the context of covenant mm. it's not like people say well why does he have to do that oh he doesn't have to Con covenant is what comes from him that enables us to have certainty it's it's beneficial to us mm. that he says yeah i will explain how this works and covenant around a couple of key principles um first of all the the, the concept of an oath making a declaration speaking to it and um and then appealing to some sort of form of how do we make sure that this is going to happen how do we we give confidence to this and so in a normal covenant that men would make they appeal to some sort of higher authority yeah. they offer a sacrifice which is a demonstration of the seriousness of it and hey may you know there's a saying i think may this and more happen to you mm. you know because they're cutting an animal and they're walking amongst the, mm. the animal pieces and they're saying to each other may this and more happen to you if you don't if, fulfill the if words you don't of this. be faithful to the covenant yeah, yeah so it's a it's a sense of or the the, the, the the real seriousness of it. Yeah. Um, but God said, you know, when he makes a covenant, he can't appeal to a higher authority. He can't say, may God rain down this, because he is God. He is. So it says he appealed to himself. He, said it. he, he just like relies that. on himself, and he establishes that covenant. But And Paul said you could almost say that no covenant can be established without the shedding of blood. And so he said that points to the fact that when Jesus came, part of that covenant yeah. process was he became the sacrifice himself mm. so it's an awesome sort of concept god sort of there's all these elements and god's like i'll do that i'll do that i'll do that yeah. he does all the things that in a normal covenant he, you don't in that same what you're saying before about the seriousness of it like this will happen to me god takes his covenant serious and i um i love it how you know it started with abraham 
but he's, he is honouring that covenant and he's being faithful to you and me today, yeah. to all of us that are in covenant. And it's like, it wasn't for then and, you know, not for now. It's as it was then, it is now. Exactly. And, and, and he has spoken it, he's put his oath behind it and he's shed blood to establish mm. it and purchased us. There's a whole, everything sort of wrapped up into this yeah. covenant. And so then we can have confidence, and that's the key thing. We can move forward with confidence, and we can understand what he has given to us. We can do what we've talked a couple of weeks ago about called legizomai. We can then see what is in our storehouse, what God has provided, mm. what is happening, and we can lean on that and know that for sure, down to the last detail, it's exactly as God has said, and mm. we can lean in. And so we've got some more. We've got my wife, Christine, joining us, and Kyra and her mum joining us too. For the these, these people are all really faithful uh, connect people that connect with us, and we love having you. And um, I've got some stuff which um, we've been we've been talking about covenant, and and then we talked about what one of the key things that covenant was designed to do was to liberate our conscience. Mm. Um, and when we say liberate, we're not talking about hey, I've got no conscience. No, we're talking about free it from being um, a conscience that was just led uh, fixed into our unrighteousness, yeah. into our sinfulness, and a consciousness that is now connected to what Jesus has done for us and a brand new um, heart and a brand new freedom. Mm. And um, so the, the Old Testament priests, they always had a conscience that was reminding them of their sinfulness. This new covenant um, doesn't, it, it now, we have a conscience, but it's feeding us about who we are in Christ. And, um, and so it, it's exciting to have realize that the conscience is actually a key part of what God was doing. Mm. And um, we've, let's actually use a scripture we've been, you know, we've sort of made as a, a foundation. I, 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 just, I just love how, like, with God, like, <laughs> it's a holistic approach. You know, there's not, there's not um, you are saved. You're going to, you know, eternity with God. But until then, you're going to feel, you're going to feel bad. No. No. <laughs> he, he's he's no. taking care of everything. And, and, it's, and to me, it's, it's um, I never saw until actually we're doing, this study and I was you know, digging a little bit deeper, I never understood that, oh, the, the conscience wasn't like, oh, yeah, I should do something about that conscience. Mm. It was like, no, this was a key plank in the plan. It was a part. He, it was already a part of what God was planning to mm. do. And, um, and we see it here in First Tim- Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. But the aim of our instruction is love that comes from these three key things. This is how our walk of love our walk of love in God works. It comes out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And as we've pointed out, um, many Christians would give wholehearted agreement to a pure heart and yeah. sincere faith. They think that's that the two, the two core elements of our Christian it's... walk. But there's a, a good conscience, and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I've got, I, I guess I've got a conscience, but that, that part doesn't even factor in. It's, it's something that's... Um... It can be easily overlooked. It's like, yeah. oh, it was put there for a reason. That's good. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, pure heart, sincere faith. That that's good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're the ones that we really understand. Josh, do you want to just slide your chair back a little bit? I just noticed that they're you're just covering the edge of the. Let's try that. There you go. So yeah. Yeah. So when you turn, you we can see this. Oh, that's there good. we go. There we go. We, um, but yeah, exactly right. We we sort of we we don't we um. That the conscience was just a little bit lost. Mm. But there, there's Paul speaking to it, um, and. You know, and so I've one of those things. I know that when you're looking for something, you see it a lot yeah. more. That you know, when when um, have you ever been shopping for something like a car, a new car, 
and um, and you're thinking, you're looking through, and you say, oh, you know, this new Suzuki such and such is a maybe a good option, and suddenly everywhere you drive, there's Suzuki cars. You the, see the, them everywhere. You see them yeah. everywhere, and you say, well, wow, I didn't realise there was so many millions of them on the roads. Yeah. Like, no, it's just they're there all the time, but then when you suddenly they, they on your radar, you can see them. Have anyone ever had that experience where mm. you 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 know suddenly something's in it, um, um, of interest to you mm. and you see it wherever you go so it was yeah that was the same with my car and when like tesla started appearing you saw one tesla then all of a sudden oh there's there's a whole lot of teslas yeah, once, once you once they're on your where they all come from <laughs> but if you ask someone else how many teslas did you see today none i didn't see any but they, you know but someone who's looking for them has seen a dozen and um so that's and I say, okay, I don't want to be like, oh, I'm looking for conscience, therefore I see it everywhere. Mm. But what I would say is that um, I probably would have said many years ago, I wouldn't have, I know the conscience is mentioned, but I, I wouldn't have thought it was hardly mentioned at all. Yeah. And yet, um, let me just, I've just been... Even like the last couple of weeks as you've been talking about it, going through all the scriptures that are actually mentioning it, yes. I've just been sort of amazed, like, <laughs> I've never noticed... <laughs> So it's it's been it's been a real um, like eye opening and really, really awesome for my faith and for every everything that we're learning here. It's like this is important. Yeah, it is, and and it's it's actually a key part of what God planned as part of the covenant. It's not like a oh, there's some little addition that we add on. And certainly, this is what I want to um, highlight. It's not oh, I want to feel good, therefore I'm trying to find scriptures to back that back me up. Yeah. I don't want my conscience to be bothering me. Let's see if I can find some scriptures that will support that. Yeah. It's the opposite. The, the, the scriptures are driving the conversation and we're just having to get on board. Mm. All right. So that's very much how this is. Um, I've just been, you know, over the last few years, been um, taking, I've got a Bible program where I can tag verses that deal with the conscience and elements of the conscience. So at the moment, I've got 82 scriptures that. Um, just, just a few. Yeah. So it, it's not. Um, it's not a concept that's not there, but one of the issues is, um, and we'll just talk through this now in the sense that um, what is the conscience? The Greeks have a word for it, synedesis. Um, did we? Uh, I'm pretty sure we... Um, I believe we did. We did. Let's just the, go to... The two, the two word part. Yeah. Let, let, um, okay, there, there's the... There, so our word conscience and the Greek word synedesis... Um, Together, to know together, Edith's, I, um, um, and our conscience, con to, sort of together, and science, to know. So our English word follows the same sort of line mm. of thinking. And it's, the Greeks gave a particular word to that element in use inside that speaks to you and with the understanding that it's speaking to you about moral decisions and things. It's not about anything. It's about things that affect the issues of um, right and wrong, should and shouldn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Things like that. And not nothing to do with neutral sort of objects that, you know, say, oh, you know, should I, um, you know, what size battery should I buy for my car? Should I get the extra large or large? Your conscience will be, I don't, I don't care. Does it make sense? Um, should... Not on the radar of the conscience. Yeah, the conscience, like whatever. You know, I'm not even. It doesn't even sort of register with that. But um, how fast I drive my car, my conscience will get involved. 
Yes. All right. And um, now the interesting thing is, um, my conscience doesn't care whether the car's going uh, 60 kilometers or 80 kilometers. It's not a mechanical thing. It's got nothing to do. It's simply because there is a rule mm. that says you should not drive over 60 kilometers an hour in certain areas. And that rule feeds into the conscience and suddenly it says, I'm, yep. I'm in part of this. Mm. But if you take the rule out, it doesn't care how fast you drive. It's not, it's not about the driving unless you're driving unsafely mm. and then it says that's not a good yeah. decision because it affects your life and things like that. So yeah. it, it kicks in. So it, it's sort of it's waiting for key moments. And so this conscience, but the Hebrew, there is no Hebrew word for conscience. Um, and so many times in the Bible when they're translating it, They've got a, it's a, it's something there. Um, so let, let's, and let's unpack this, and there's a reason for us to, to sort of work this through. And um, thank God for Bible Academy, we can um, take the, we, we can take a few steps back and build a foundation because it will really then mm. help you. Because um, I, I want to get to a point, I'm, I want to speak to a thing called a seared conscience. Um, and I've actually been quite surprised. Seared conscience was very different to what I expected. Right? I, I thought I knew what a seared conscience was, because obviously a seared conscience. Um, well, let's jump into there. First, uh, I'm too excited. Let's go. First Timothy, chapter four, verse three. Uh, I think or two. First Timothy. Uh, two. All right, so this is the only time this is mentioned. It, it, just reiterating, um, let's go to what a conscience looks like. This is our powerful... If this, if this diagram looks just messy, you need to watch two, two weeks ago and then build into this because... But let me show you what it is. There's, there I am. There's Josh, gingerbread man Josh. He's got a mind. He's got a soul. He's got a body. He's got a... a carnal nature that he's working with, he's got a renewed spirit, all these things working in Josh. And he has a thing in him called a conscience. So there's the conscience there. It's inside, it's internal. You know it. You, everyone's felt it. Everyone's heard it. Everyone's sensed it. And it's different from, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. That's a really good point. It's not your mind. It's not the Holy Spirit. We, you go back to the, old, the scriptures, you know, we shared a couple of weeks ago. This is your conscience speaking up into us. Everyone has one conscience. In the Bible, it speaks about a number of types of conscience. Um, and um, let's see if I. I think we made a list of them somewhere. Okay, the Bible talks about a good conscience. Um, also talks about a clear conscience, good or clear. Sometimes uses those. I sort of feel a good conscience and a clear conscience. Talking about the same thing. Mm. Uh, I, I don't want to make you think that this is a really highly technical thing that um, uh, it's like Paul was writing a technical yeah. book and did, you know, explain. Sometimes when they're sharing things, he uses different words mm. to overlap and refer to different things. So for instance, sometimes I talk about a good conscience. Paul says, I'm standing here to, before you with a clear conscience. I believe that's a... a it's an overlap there. Yeah. Um, there's another one that's a, a defiled um, or a damaged or a spoiled or literally stained conscience is the Greek word. Defiled conscience, seared conscience. 
the one that we're going to look at right now. There's a weak conscience, which we looked at pretty strongly the last couple of weeks about you know lots of lots of noise coming up and, lots, and, and lots giving of me confusion. Authorities. Yeah. And then we have the um, evil or the guilty of the bad accusing conscience, which is um, in Hebrews it says that's what Jesus has done in the covenant to take us that away. Now you hear all these different types of conscience. Um, you know, it, it could be like um, you've, you've got a bicep, you've got a tricep, you've got a quad, you've got all these different muscles. And yeah, I ran out of examples because I'm not really. Maybe someone who's um, yeah, yeah, people people who know more than me could say, oh, you know, I could r rattle off ten different muscles, but I'm like bicep, and there's arm, you know, there's an arm muscle. There's, yeah, I, I I don't understand it, but. We, 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 we have a muscle that's an arm muscle, we have a leg muscle, we you know, have muscles aura. Um, and I could be confused initially thinking when I hear of all these different consciences mm. that we've got all different consciences. I've got a good conscience, yeah. I've got an evil conscience. And that's a little bit like what the, the cartoon depiction is. You've got a good and a bad mm. sitting on your shoulders. Yeah. You've got, you've got the, the good angel and the bad devil and they're, you know, they're having a, a go at you. And... Um, that's norm. That, that's how the world has come to understand their conscience. Pick your alignment. Yes, align with either the good or the bad. You know that sort of temptation flowing in you. Um, so those things confuse people, and this can confuse people. So let me just be make it clear: there is you have one conscience. All right, you have a single muscle. All right, in you called your conscience speaks to you about moral issues and, and helps you and mm. guides you. It's there to assist you and go. And it's, as we'll find here, it's actually designed to help you. Most people think the conscience is there as a sort of a necessary evil. If that's wrong, well, you know, like I've got to have a conscience. Keep you from doing. Yeah, it's to keep me from straying. It's yeah. to keep me on the straight and narrow. My conscience stops me making my mama happy, unhappy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my mama, you know, have you ever heard people like, oh, you know, I'm doing something or my mama wouldn't be happy? Do you know what I mean? And what, what's happening there? Mm. My conscience is bothering because I'm doing stuff I know my mama would have been... That's like an authority. Yeah, yeah and because that mama's an authority and it's... Even though I'm 40 years old and I haven't seen my mama for 10 years, I still hear the voice of my mama. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> you know, I can't... And some people, it's like, I've got to throw this off. I don't know what to do with it. And this is a guilt and a shame. And, and um, so, so you've got this muscle called your conscience. Mm. Um, you can describe now. Just think about like, okay, if I'm talking about my muscle, it can I can have a strong muscle, or I can have a weak muscle. Mm. I can have a damaged muscle. I can have a broken muscle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, all, they're all just descriptions of the one muscle, yeah. and so all these are descriptions of what your conscience is like and what it's doing to you. Um, it's sometimes you can have a bit of both. Uh, people, are like, how does that work? You can have in some areas you can have a conscience that's very strong. But then in other areas, you've learned to damage it and defile it to the point where you're mm. not hearing it. Yeah. So that's why you can have people that have very strict guidelines on how they will live their life on one area, but be doing very wicked things on the other part of their life. It's just like, how does that happen? How can you, how can you be so cruel on this side of your life and yet be so disciplined and, mm. and, and you know, clean on this side? Yeah. And so just because you've got one part of your conscience that's um, broken doesn't mean that you can't be you know, using it in another way. And sometimes in doing that, people think I'm, I'm, I'm really good. Yeah. Um, you know, there was some regime. I, I think of the, um, 
Okay, I think of like an extreme example, like the Nazi regime. I, I, I remember going to, I, as a child, I went to visit Auschwitz, the concentration camp, go through the museum there. So that's, you know, that, that's a long time ago, but I still remember it because it was very confronting mm. to see what mankind could do to mankind. Mm. It was just terrible. What the, 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 but the thing, one of the things that struck me is they were terribly cruel, terribly wicked, but extremely disciplined and extremely organised yeah. and had very... So their, their uniforms would be meticulous. Mm. Their note-taking was exquisite. They, they, you know, they, they had all the... Yeah. They, they, were, they were living lives of great discipline and yet their, their note-taking would be um, how many fillings they were taking out of the teeth, teeth of the people they were gassing. Do you know what I mean? But they'd have it written down, you know, four fillings. You know, to, to, mm. <laughs> it's like, how can you be so... Good in one sense. So detailed in one. Yeah, and and so you know, like, oh, we, we can't, we can't be, we can't be messy, we can't be sloppy, we can't, you know. So their conscience would bother them if they were not taking notes, mm. but their conscience had stopped bothering them for doing absolute wicked things. Mm. So it is possible that you can have one area of your conscience that's still quite active, but another area that it's become um, desensitized and is damaged, and so. Um, so part of what we're learning here is how to train and equip and, and make our conscience healthy. And this is where I, I, I saw the limitations and the failures of a conscience. And I said this right at the start, how Paul said, even if my conscience gives me a clean, you know, a clean bill of health, it's fine. He said, that doesn't actually guarantee that God's happy with me. Mm. And I was like, this conscience is useless. Right, because I just, I just saw it as like if it can't do the basics, if I can't follow my conscience and know that that's helping me get in the, mm. you know, to make God happy, well, what's the point with it? And so I sort of just didn't think the conscience was very helpful at all, but not realizing I, I made a, a logical fallacy where I said if it's something's not good, it's just not good at everything. Mm. But on what Paul was saying, it was never designed for this, but it was designed this mm. so i've got to make sure you know, just just because a chainsaw does not shave me properly it does not mean a chainsaw is useless the the appropriate application exactly i've got to use it as it's designed to be used not misuse it and expect it to you know um, help me so um you know a car is a great transportation but it's never going to get you to america all right so let's all stop driving cars because they're useless it's not designed to get you to america but it's amazing for getting you to the airport. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's amazing for working with the other yeah. things. Your conscience is not designed to get you over the line and get you saved and all the rest. That's done totally different. And what it's designed to is to work with that process. And the idea is for us to, to strengthen that. So um, we have one conscience that can be described as all these different things. And one of them is only used one time, and it's this word seared. It's only ever used in First Timothy uh, chapter four, verse two. Um, it says, "Influenced by the hypocrisy of liars, whose consciences are seared." And um, the, the, I'll just bring up the, um, the Greek word for that, because it's a word that you'll actually recognise. It's a word that we use. Um, All right, the actual Greek word is kordoriezo, kordoriezo. Now, I, I, don't know, I don't know whether anyone 
can pick up the the English word that we actually take pretty much directly from that quarteriezo. Have you ever heard of something being quarterized? Quart yeah, I was, I was thinking like quarter zone or quarter something. <laughs> no, yeah, it's quarterize, right? Now, if that's when um, you take a hot instrument, yeah. and if there's a, if, you know, like if you've got a, a cut or something mm. or something, they can quarterize it, yeah. which is they, they burn it and seal it. They seal, yeah. Yeah, they seal it with something really hot. Okay, to quarterize a, um, from a red hot iron, which is from KO to, to burn, so it comes from the word to burn, and it's to quarterize. To brand with a hot iron, um, so it's literally to take a branding iron. Mm. So some people have translated First Timothy uh, four two in terms of the branding side. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's. I think what Paul's meaning is the effect of cauterizing when you play play something hot. Um, you 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 seal it. You stop the the damage if you like, but you also remove all sensitivity. It mm. it, it becomes desensitized. Yeah. It becomes. Um, the scar tissue over that stops being sensitive. Mm. So you have you 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 um, you brand something which is sensitive and giving you trouble, and it suddenly ah oh, it stops giving me trouble, but it now becomes thick and hard and callous, yeah. and it no longer. Um, no, it's, it's, it wouldn't be pleasant. <laughs> no, no, and um, and oh, there's another scripture. Let me just. I just saw a scripture just this morning. I can remember where it is. No, that's all right. Um, it'll it'll come back to you later. I'm sure. Yeah, when, when I need it, it'll be there. Um, but yeah, there's another there's another time where this was referred to in the Bible, and I didn't realize because it doesn't use the word quarterized. Mm. And um, I'll see if I can find it later. Um, but this is the only time this is used. Now, this is how I would have understood this, and this and and I'm building on the teaching in the last week. So I hate to keep saying last week's but i want to keep moving forward yeah and i don't want to have to each week we're we're adding the you're adding the next layer so yeah so yeah. i i and, and if I, you're missing I, a layer go back and see, yeah. get that layer i hope if you, if you can't go back i hope this is helpful but um i'm just trying to not take everybody else and, and let's mm. relay foundations um so this is one of the benefits of doing academy all right so let's think about what it would look like to have a Seared conscience, and this is what I would imagine. Okay, and this is I, I've actually understood. Oh, it's a little bit different to what I thought. Okay, I think when when I was thinking of a seared conscience, I was actually thinking. Actually, the application was what I remember. We talked about that defiled conscience. Um, mm. I said a stained conscience. Yeah. Okay, a damaged conscience. I was sort of applying that to this one. Right. I was thinking, okay, this is, this is. So there is a conscience. Um, remember that when. Uh, like food offered to idols, if you if you've got all these authorities, and if you just shut down and stop listening to your conscience, because you just I just I hate all this guilt, and so I don't want guilt anymore. And I look over and I see Josh happily eating food that's been offered to us an idol, and I say, well, he's a good Christian guy. If he doesn't have any guilt, I won't have any guilt. But I'm doing it for a different reason. Yeah. I'm doing it because I don't like the guilty feeling. Mm. You're doing it because you are operating under your freedom in Christ, and your conscience is quite clear, mm. right? So I'm, I've got a noisy conscience. You don't have it. You don't. Your conscience is giving you the thumbs up. But I look at you, and I just see oh, Josh is smiling. He's eating. So I'm going to shut this conscience down and say, "Stop it! I'm just going to eat." 
but what they're doing is they're they're staining their conscience, throwing stuff and and blocking it. Yeah. And God says, don't do that. Don't damage their conscience because now what's happening is their their, their conscience is stained, and it's no longer feeding through even the good stuff. Mm, right. You know? yeah. So so good and bad, it, it, that conscience isn't working. And so as someone with a stained conscience, a da- like that's why I say it's damaged, it's defiled, it's not actually, it's not functioning as it should, you're no longer hearing it. And therefore, it starts with, well, I don't, um, okay, Josh says, well, I'm, you know, oh, sorry, I look at Josh, you're not eating, you're, you're eating meat, I will eat meat. But then I've squashed my conscience and it becomes damaged to the point where then, uh, but I also was told, um, don't sleep, you know, you know, with someone who's not my wife. Well, you know, why can't I do that as well? Mm. But for you, that's never, yeah, that's never an option because your conscience is healthy, yeah, and your conscience is well in place. But I'm like, ah, oh, well, if I can break that rule, I can break this rule. Yeah, and my conscience, I've told my conscience to shut up. Now it's just shut up again. Yeah. this is this is what I do. And and oh, I can steal from my uh, my boss, and because I need a little bit of extra money, I can take some money from the till. My conscience, well, I oh, see. God told me not to do these three things. He told me not to eat meat sacrificed to an idol. That's what I felt. God told me. Mm. God told me not to sleep around. God told me not to steal. So if I'm telling God, well, you're wrong here. Well, God's wrong everywhere. And that's not how it works. Do you know what I mean? And that's, so a defiled conscience needs to be corrected. I'm sorry. A weak conscience needs to be corrected by retraining my authorities mm. and retraining my yeah, conscience, good. not by just suppressing it because then it becomes defiled. I thought a defiled conscience then and a, a seared conscience are very similar. Because, you know, they, they sound like they'd have the same sort of result. But this is the only time this is used, a seared conscience. So let me explain, and I'm going to guess people feel the same, and this is why it makes, it, it, it'll unpack. If you've got a seared conscience, Josh, what are some of the things that you would do? What would you do with a seared conscience? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. What would I do with a seared conscience? Whatever I want to do. <laughs> if, you've, if you think you've got a seared conscience, then it's like, well, I don't feel anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's been cauterized. I, I don't... Um, so, Doesn't matter. So someone with a seared conscience is just free to, to live like that. So they'll, they'll, they'll live very wickedly. They'll just um, throw off all restraint. They'll go. So that is how I would imagine a seared conscience to be. Um, so I want us to... And what we're trying to do, everything I'm trying to teach, I'm not appealing to anything except what the Bible says about it. Mm, All right? So I I haven't, none of my teaching on conscience has come from Mm. external sources. It's just come from what the Bible says. And so that makes it a little bit difficult because Paul's not sitting there and saying, yeah, chapter 27 is about how the conscience works. It's not a a textbook. He hasn't hasn't written a complete. uh, like understanding of the conscience necessarily. No, yeah, to, to the church at Ephesus, um, chapter 3, our conscience. The Greek word is anedesis, and the Hebrew word is this. Sometimes, and here's a seven times that this type of the conscience there. It doesn't, it's, it's, um, it's called, um, uh, it's a type of theology that, you know, it, it's um, theology that comes from events. Mm. It's, I can't think of the technical name. Um, it, it's a theology that we get from looking into how it's being applied, mm. not a theology that comes from a textbook and in an academic sense. So, and that's where our theology has to come from. We're sort of looking at... If Paul's writing to Timothy, he's writing to the Ephesians, he's writing, and his discussion on the conscience just arises mm. out of those discussions. 
w- where the need was. Yeah, and many times you're speaking to people who are already on the same page. They understand these things. So like the, with the Corinthians, he's explaining stuff. He's not explaining what a conscience is, but he's explaining how to work it. And so we're sort of having to read between the lines a little bit and, and read what he says here, here, and here, and then put it together. Mm-hmm. So this teaching is not so much, oh, this is exactly what Paul says. It's just looking at every situation where Paul refers to it and coming to understand what he's talking about. So when he says a cauterized or a seared conscience, I, in my mind, imagined someone whose conscience has become just shut down. So they are free. So they are not hearing anything. Mm. They are just free. Desensitized. Desensitized. A totally desensitized conscience that will enable them to do anything, whatever they want. Um, So let's look at it. Let's find out what it actually... um, um, say says here, and who's Paul talking about? Who has this cauterized conscience? And um, it might surprise you. It surprised me. Now the Spirit explicitly says that in the last later times, our days. So this is this is very applicable to us. Some will desert the, desert the faith and occupy themselves with deceiving spirits and demonic teachings. Now, when I saw desert the faith, I'm thinking they have left. Following God. They have become heathens, mm. non-God people. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, just, I'm just walking away from God. Okay? I'm just... And, yeah, that makes sense. They're going to have... Um, they're going to be the ones who have their consciences seared. So I've pushed God aside. So they were, okay, brought up in church, said no to God, conscience seared. They go out there and they're very wicked people, no longer care don't feel bad because their conscience is just totally seared. That's, that's the picture I had. And then it says, they occupy themselves with deceiving spirits and demonic teachings. Now, okay, well, well, deceiving spirits, demonic teachings, that was sort of, that's not what I would have naturally sort of said. That's what the person, mm. I would have said they, gave, they give up all things. Yeah. But maybe Paul's talking about the worldly way of thinking and the, you know, the, the lifestyle of the world, and that's demonic. I'll go with that. Um, so maybe maybe it's talking about they just gone into the world and they just take their way. Mm. They're influenced by the hypocrisy of liars. Um, so they they have a problem. They're hip, hypocrites. There's, they behave in a way that's not consistent. They're liars. That they're, they're, they're speaking untruths. Okay, I get all that. Um, and it says their consciences are seared. So let, here they will. This is what they will do. Let, look at the list of the things that someone who's got a seared conscience will do. And I would. Well, that's a long list. That's a long list of what... This is what a person with a seed conscience... They will prohibit marriage. They will say, you shouldn't have sex, even, you shouldn't even get married. Wow, I would have thought it was the opposite. <laughs> I would have said they said they didn't care what you did. Yeah. They're actually saying, I, I want you to stop even getting married. And it says, and they will require abstinence from food. So you're not allowed to eat this and you're not allowed to eat this. Well, hang on a sec. This is all, they're telling you what not to do. Mm, I would have thought of, someone a with a nuts. seared conscience was just do whatever. Whatever. And it says they require to stop eating things God says is good. Hang on a sec. I always thought that someone with a seared conscience was doing the things that God said not to do. Yeah. They're actually That's saying true. don't do the things that God says to do. It's actually the total opposite of what I thought a seared conscience would That's, be. That just seems like a complete mixed bag. Yeah, you it, don't know what's, what's next. It, it's like... Hang on a second. It's opposite. I, I, I would have said, um, and maybe I'll just write this down so that we can um, get it clear. Okay, I imagine, so, that, oops. 
trying to help with my right pen, not a highlighter. Um, so, a, so we're talking about a seared conscience, and this is what it's not, but what I imagined it to be was um, do anything you want, ignore God, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. But that, that sounds right. Like That's what I imagine. A seed when it's been cauterized. It's been cauterized. Let's do it. What a seared conscience is, is don't do things even though God says, even God says is good or okay. So even things that God says is okay, don't do them. It's like, <laughs> it's like, we're going, let's, go, let's go in the opposite direction to what I thought a seared conscience would be. It's, it's very interesting, like, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, so what are, who are these people? What, what are we looking at here? Why, why is um, Paul um, referring to them? Why is he talking about having a seared conscience? And um, and you know, just 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 look back. You know, the next scripture: uh, for every creation of God is good, and no food is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving. Paul's the one who's arguing we should do more, hmm. and you, with a bad conscience, are telling us to do less. And it's just it's a, it's a flipper, right? Um, so how does this work, and how does it un help me understand and and the key here is um, this gives us a lot of clues as to what Paul understood the conscience's purpose to be. See, did you sort of hear in, in our talk what we felt the conscience's role to be? I feel the role is, its, it's role is to stop me. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the role of my conscience stop me doing wrong. Okay, so I, let's just actually write this down. Okay, a conscience, my conscience, its main job, and some people, its only job, equals stop me doing bad. Stop me doing the wrong things. So if I see my conscience as its role, this is its role, stop me doing the bad things, and then I hear it, what will it end up, what will it do, then without that restriction, I will do anything without guilt. Okay? Mm. That, that, yeah. Feel, everyone feel yeah. good with that? Um, so if my view of a conscience is that its role is to stop me doing the bad things, if I felt that it was being cut off and, and cauterized, then the result would be I'd just do anything mm. without feeling bad. Yeah. Its role was to make me feel guilty when I was doing the wrong thing. Now it's not doing its role, so I can do anything without guilt. It's because my conscience is cauterized. Paul's like, you know what you'd... Now, let's look from Paul. So this is conscience from, that's from my perspective. 
Okay, let's look at this same thing from Paul's perspective. What does Paul see the role as the conscience of? Okay, and thinking about the teaching in Hebrews, thinking about what good conscience and everything like that, think about, okay, and let's, let's go back to Mr. Gingerbread Man Josh. He's a, a new diagram that we can all understand. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> on the same look, page. Look at that leg. Looks like oh. I've been squatting on one leg. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. We got Mr. Conscience here. Okay. Now, put aside all the bad ones. We're looking at a good, healthy conscience. A conscience that's functioning exactly like God designed. Our conscience is meant to be my ally. Mm. It's my friend. Yeah. It's my um, it's my personal coach. Well, I'm a personal trainer, mm. but a really good personal trainer. Yeah. Designed to get me fit and healthy. Oh, yeah, like tell me to stop eating chocolate. Do you think, seriously, do you think a, per, a, a really good personal trainer, their whole aim in life is to stop you eating happy, good food, fun food? No, seriously, if we say, oh, I wouldn't want to get a personal trainer because he'll just tell me to stop eating yeah. chocolate. A personal trainer would be highly offended by that yeah. image of themselves. If I say, what's your role? Oh, your role you know, uh, describe what a personal trainer does. Oh, he, he stops me sleeping in and he so stops me eating chocolate. They, they, love, they love to find ways to add the things that you like without compromising you so that you can still have fun and enjoy. So you're a, a real personal trainer is actually trying to work with you to find They're everyone. trying to help you, not restrict you. And their aim is for you to live a really healthy life full and, and, and exercise all your muscles in a balanced way so that you don't just sort of, you know, overdo one le one exercise, mm. but you've got good cardio, you've got good core strength, you've got all these things, and your body, and a really good personal trainer makes sure that you've got good balance and, and healthy thinking and a good outlook on life. It's like, yes, it's a job, but like they, they actually care about you. And if yeah. they do not care about you, then they will not do their yeah. job well. <laughs> so if I said, oh, my personal trainer, your job is to stop me eating chocolate, he'd be like, what? Don't you stop me eating chocolate? He's like, well, yes, but that's not my job. My job is to help you to be the fittest version of you mm. and to enjoy. And you know what? I'm, I'm trying to find... There are amazing foods out there that are not only healthy, but they are extremely flavorsome, and you'll actually enjoy them. If I could just wean you off the taste of um, you know, some of these you know, mm. sugar drinks and enjoy this, you'll actually enjoy life. But the, the aim is not, it's not so much stopping you from eat, enjoying and doing, it's all about what you are designed to do. So Paul says, what, what is your conscience? What's his role? Okay, so let's look at a really healthy conscience. Like, and this might be a conscience you've never experienced before. So my, my, oh, but this is actually what a conscience is designed to be. Mm. This is the, the model that Paul saw yep. and what he worked with. Okay, so first of all, this conscience has a very good connection with its authorities. Now, it doesn't have just one authority because we live in a world where we have cultural authorities, mm. family authorities, you know, mm. just the authorities that come from where we are. But it has a final authority, which is God and his word. Okay? It's, it's, it's the, the, the final authority. And anything else that filters through that, um, if, it, if anything clashes with that, mm. then God wins over. Mm, that's okay? right. It's over. It's cultural. It says you shouldn't do this or you should do this. Yeah, that's fine, but this is who I am. Now, and because of that, 
So out of that final authority, it has a very clear understanding of who they are in Jesus. All right? They re it's, I understand the work of the covenant. I understand what Jesus has done for me. I understand the liberties and freedoms he's born me in. I understand the purpose and the mission mm -hmm. that he has for me. I understand. So he's really clear on some things like um, grace. Grace versus um, law. All right? He understands what the role of the law is. He understands where mm. grace has come in. Yep. He understands how um, the Old Testament was a shadow of the new covenant which is to come. He understands the purpose, like something like circumcision. Circumcision, which was an external sign and of something that was designed to be on the heart. Now he understands he's been, you know, we, it's an internal thing mm. that God has worked. Just a full revelation of all that God has done and a very clear picture. So this person, their conscience has been really well trained and it's been really well designed. Its whole aim in life is to get you to walk in light of what Jesus has done for you and mm. what he wants you to be yeah. and the freedoms and the, and the, and the purposes That's he has good. for you. Mm. Okay? So... It will ultimately speak to you and give you a warning whenever you move away from being in Christ. That's its ultimate role. So if you, if you do something that's, Josh, that's pulling to the flesh. So, so if something is um, out of the flesh or out of the law, go beep, 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 beep. Push back, Josh. You know, you're backing back. Beep, 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 beep. What's that? I say, Josh, you, 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 you're, you're about to bump into the law. Mm. You're, you're doing this out of a legalist yeah. approach. You're, you're, you're suddenly turning something which is a spiritual freedom and you're making it into a something of the flesh that you can get um, I should pride be doing out this. of. Okay? So, oh, so you just turn. Good. That's right. Okay? We just, you know. But so that's, that's what the conscience wants. To, it, it's saying, beep. Now, as part of that, um, if you go to do something that is sinful, right, it's because you're, you're pushing away from Jesus and trusting in him to, to go to your flesh. Beep, beep, beep. Josh, what are you doing? Why, why are you looking to make your own way of getting pleasure mm. when God says, just look to me? You know, when, when David... Um, Trying to think if I can find the scripture quickly enough. When, when David was confronted um, for his sin with Bathsheba, um, God spoke to him and confronted him through the prophet. And but what one of the things he said was that um, um, it really surprised me. I don't know whether anyone can find the verse. Well, I'll, I'll do a Google. Yeah, yeah, you do the Google. Okay. Um, uh, anyone who's doing comments, um, often you know you're about twenty seconds behind. But I'm giving you twenty seconds to do a search for me. All right. Um, so backstory is David, the prophet was, Nathan. Was it? Was, yeah, it was, is that is that what you're looking for? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What 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 passage? Uh, that's Second Samuel twelve. Oh, hang on. There's two. Second Samuel. No, that's twelve. Science. Second Samuel twelve. 
12, yeah. Let's go there. Thank you. Walking Encyclopedia, Josh, who's you know, well, good on yeah. Google. I, I, didn't, I definitely didn't do a Google search. Um, <laughs> Your conscience should borrow, bother you. Um, I will be right. Um, so, okay. So, David, the backstory is David, it says when kings go out to battle, David's like, I'm not going out to battle. Mm. Already a bit of a, what's happening here? And it's late one night, he can't sleep. He walks on his palace roof and he looks down because his palace is one of the higher. And there um, is one of his trusted sort of generals, mm. you know, one of his mighty men. Yeah. His wife is having a bath on, on top of the roof. Uh, on top of the roof. Um, you know, no one else can see because she's up high, but this palace can look down. You know, there's all sorts of conjecture. Did she know that she was in line with the palace and what was he doing? Yeah, we don't know. But I do know what, what was wrong was he looked and he lusted. Mm. And then he called her over and then he had sex. And then she got pregnant and then David panicked, tries to fix it up, ends up murdering her husband, trying to cover it because, he, you know, it's just got, you know, it's got bad and bad and it's bad. It's gotten messy. All right. And so a prophet comes and uses a little, little illustration about a, a farmer who had one lamb and a big rich landowner who sort of took that lamb. And David's like, this is terrible. Kill that guy. And God, prophet, you are that guy. <laughs> oh, David is, he, he does repent. Mm. All right. This is one of the things. Psalm 51 is David's cry of repentance. But um, so let's read from verse 7. David's rebuke, or David, you, know, you are that man. This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I chose you to be king of Israel. I rescued from the hand of Saul. Now listen to this. I gave you your master's house. In other words, Saul and master's wives into your arms. I also gave the house of Israel and Judah. And if all that somehow seems insignificant, I would have given you so much more as well. Why have you shown content for the Lord's decrees by doing evil in my sight? By, you know, struck down Uriah the Hittite. In other words, God says, David, was what I gave you not enough? And if you wanted more, mm. you just could have come to me. I, w I would have given it to you. And I was like, this is not what I would have expected. He was like, you greedy so-and-so. You already had all this and look what you've done. God says, I am so upset. Why did you not come to me if you're... If you're not feeling satisfied, now it's like, oh, would God give him an... Yeah. I'm not saying what God would have done. Well, what I just would have said is God would have dealt with that part of David that was unsatisfied. He was, um, he was lusting and he used his flesh to try and satisfy something that was not right internally. And God's like, why in the world did you go to that when you should have turn to me, and it's like, oh, will God give me sinful things? No, God will satisfy what the sinful thing is trying to do corruptly. When we sin, we are trying to fulfill a need through our own flesh and our own abilities and our own pride that God actually wants us to be satisfied. That's a, that's a very good one line. should write that down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you can go. So, God says... Come to me and I will sort this. Okay? Mm. Um, so, your conscience should say, beep, beep, beep. You're trying to do this yourself. Mm. You're trying to do this in your own strength. 
you're trying to get hold of something. When you're sinning, it's like, what are you doing? Why aren't we going to God? Mm. Why didn't you why didn't you lean into the the grace that God has given you, the favor that He's given you? He's got it all there. The Spirit of God is here to help you. Um, and you know, if uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying everything we're trying to do by sin is really something that has a, a healthy, wholesome, you know, sort of answer for mm. and, um, and it's not going to be the way that the, de- the devil will tempt you and say, come this way, come this way, I'll satisfy you. And we, we find, oh, no. You know, the classic, the devil to Eve, come on, come over here. Mm. And then when she gets over there, her conscience like, what have you done? You know, her conscience, you notice Adam and Eve's conscience bothered them afterwards, like, what have you done? What have you done? Um, we'll get to that in a second about you know the, the two sides. But the purpose, the purpose of my conscience is to keep me in Christ, walking in grace, leaning into everything that Jesus has done for my satisfaction and my you know my desires. Mm. And if, if, um, the flesh wants to do it, get hold of these things themselves. And so it's like conscience. So my conscience is there to say, when I face a situation, it actually is trying to get me, do this in Christ. That's the conscience first thing. It's trying, a healthy conscience. That's, yeah. that's, what, that's what Jesus said. So this is what's, you know, in Hebrews it says, ah, um, I did all this to fix your conscience back up. So no longer is it just speaking about out of your evil conscience. I fixed it up. Mm. So now I'm writing, writing my law on your heart. Mm. I'm putting this. I'm circumcising your heart. I'm making you tender to the things of God again. You're aware and 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 alert to God again. That's what you know. Circumcision is a is is an expression of tenderness of sensitivity. All right. Um, it, it talks about um, the you know. Um, do you know what the opposite of being circumcised is? Well, you people say uncircumcised. Okay. Well, the biblical opposite is stiff-necked. All right. You, 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 I, yeah. Stiff-necked versus circumcised. Okay. Stiff-necked is someone who is resistant and mm. against. Yeah. Circumcised, sensitive and compliant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when God gave them circumcision, it was designed to show that. Um, you are a people that are um, circum. You are. This is my people, sensitive to me. Not the hard-nosed Gentiles who don't, don't stiff neck, don't want to listen. If I say, go left. I hear that because we're sensitive. Mm. We're, we're we're sort of tender. Because yeah. when someone was initially circumcised, they were the most tender. Moment of their life. You know what I mean? It was, that's physically, you know, that, that was like, you know, when they remember they, the um, Jacob's sons used it as a ploy against the, the township and who had raped their sister. They said, oh, I will, we'll let you marry her if you all get circumcised. Because they knew if they all got circumcised, they would become so sensitive and so tender that they would be unable to stop an attack. Because yeah. circumcision creates in that you, you are just the most. Um, you can't move because you're so sensitive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so that's, that's a picture of what God wants us to be. Hey, Josh, 
do this. Yes, I hear that. Not, Josh, 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 lift, lift, lift. Where's that coming from? Yeah, and it's like, I can't hear you. You know, that, that's, no, no. So our conscience is to be a, circum, a, a, a picture of the fact that we have an inner circumcision, mm. which means we have an inner sensitivity. Now, people say, oh, that means that if Josh goes to do the wrong thing, it's not about stopping you from doing the wrong thing. It's about you being really sensitive mm. to being doing the things that please God. And when we say doing, I'm not saying actions. It's more to, about being and living in a way that pleases God, a life of grace, a life of the, the flowing in the covenant promises and provisions and just doing what God has designed us mm. to be in him. And my conscience is constantly letting me know when I'm getting out of in Christ and encouraging me to do things in Christ. So that's a good, that's yeah, yeah, the that's good. All right? So now the problem is that um, the way a conscience normally speaks is a little bit like those um, warning beepers. Okay? It's actually, what's the purpose of a, um, a warning beeper? You know, what are they called? The other thing, you know, a parking sort of yeah, sensor. Rear yeah, sensors. Yeah, rear sensors on your car. What's their purpose? You say, well, to stop us hitting stuff. Well, no, actually, their purpose is to help us go straight mm. and go and not hit things. Yeah. You know I mean? The purpose is actually to to enable us to go backwards with confidence and stay where we're not hitting mm. things. And even if there's objects, it helps us. Now, how does it help us? It buffers us by beeping when we're moving yeah. outside the thing. So that's one of the things that the conscience does tend to speak when you're getting outside of the beep, 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 beep. But it's actually there to buffer and it's designed to... The conscience is a, it's a part where um, a quiet conscience is, is, is saying, hmm. you're doing the right thing. Okay. And can I just say something? Um, a quiet conscience actually gives you a really good feeling. Is, do, do you know what I mean? When, when your conscience is... Good. Yeah. It actually is not neutral. It is actually a very positive, you know, mm. positive. I, I stand before you with a clear conscience. I, it, it's a good thing. I'm standing it, here with my, without my conscience not going beep beep beep. You idiot! You shouldn't have done this. In, in, it's like what you said at the start. Instead of oh, there's my conscience going off again. No, it's it's your ally. It's, yeah. It's helping you. It's good. Yeah. It's and and it's designed to give you attitude. It's designed to give you a good solid feeling at the in the root of your your. I'm doing the right thing mm. and um, not how good am I because if I said oh how good am I beep 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 beep, beep you're outside of Christ yeah. that's so that's, it's not it's not about pride that I've I read my 10 chapters today no it's not that at all it's I really connected with God today I really I'm, I'm enjoying this I, I really feel close to God mm. Revelations is bubbling in my heart. This is, my conscience is, this is, this is good. This is good. So, um, this is Paul's picture of the conscience. This is Paul saying, this is what a conscience is all about. Now, what would happen if someone said, Leaning into the law empowers me because there's a lot of pride 
You know, that's why the Pharisees, the Pharisees loved the law mm. because it empowered them to get men's approval. Yeah. Look how good I am. I'm perfect. I'm amazing. Everyone bow to my superior. That's why, that's why the Pharisee could never pray in private because what's the benefit of that? No one would see. So he would pray on the street corners so that people could recognize and feed into his goodness. Mm. And so the law was a means of establishing him. That's why um, you know, in, in Ephesians it says we can't um, get pride. You know, um, what's it say? Grace. Um, Pride appropriate. Um, it, it's by grace we've been saved through faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works of the flesh. I've added all flesh there. No, not a result of the works of the flesh, that no one should boast. All right? That the Pharisees needed to mm. be able to boast. Yeah. And so this whole thing. Now, as a, as a believer, your conscience has been fixed up. And it's like all about being in Christ. Mm. So you start to live a life that is walking in the freedom of God. But they say, I don't want to walk in the... I, I actually want to lean back to the law. I want to make that my final authority because that's my, my flesh. You have to stop your conscience from now telling you to be in Christ in grace. You have to stop that. Mm. In order to go to this side, you've got to stop. Yeah. All right? So... That's good. We've got to block well, that. I mean, it's not good. But it's not, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That's good teaching. That's not good. Um, you should practice. say that. That's good teaching. Yeah, no, that's good. Good to block that now. Um, so I've got to block when that is speaking out of this in Christ as it's designed. I've got to go back. Oh, guess what Paul says they've done to their conscience? They've cauterized it. Wow. They've cauterized their conscience from getting feeding in from here. Now, what enabled them to do that? What, what strength? He said, well, they had a couple of other things that they didn't obey. They were liars and they were hypocrites. They had an ability. See, a liar is not, doesn't, doesn't hold fast to the truth. And hypocrite, they behave, they're happy to behave different to what they, you know, is, you know, what mm. is true. And um, so because, let's see if we can go back to that scripture, 1 Timothy 4.2. They were influenced by the hypocrisy of lies and their consciences are seared. And what are they trying to do? What is this people who are cauterized? They want to be able to tell you how to do things under the law. Okay? They want to, that is, that is what they want their conscience to now deal with. Mm. And so when you go to... Um, you, you, you go to do something um, which God has said is totally fine now because in grace, this is, you're not part of that shadow world anymore, that shadow mm, Old yeah. Testament law. And as you go to do it, your conscience says, good on you. And then you say, oh, I'm not going to eat that. When you say, I'm not going to eat that, your conscience should say, yes, you should. Yeah. Yes, you should, because that's 
you are doing in Christ that's so to eat that you if I say I'm not going to eat that your conscience say why why are you not eating that mm. why are you not eating oh because I don't want to offend the Pharisee and I don't, I don't want I, I want I want to look good and I so if I don't eat this I will look more holy and you know so well and you know so, well eat it it's got, God's blessed it just eat it and you say oh does that mean um, okay, drink as much whiskey as you want and, and, and you know, shoot someone. Is, are we talking about that? No, we're not. That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about things that were restricted under the law mm, yeah. that God has now said, ah, Jesus has come, you no longer have to do that. Yes. And your conscience should bother you if you don't, if you, if you, if you say, I'm not going to do that. Conscience say, Why? Why? He said, well, these people have cauterized. They're walking in Christ and they're great. So you know when it says, um, let's go back to the scripture. Now, the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, someone would desert the faith. Oh. Not leave Christianity. They will desert the life of faith, trusting in grace. Mm, wow. And they will replace it with a new form of teaching which is actually demonic, which is go back to the law and live a highly disciplined life that looks holy. Mm. So it's, 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 it's deceived. It's yeah. demonic. But it's actually highly religious. Mm. When it says desert the faith, not leave a religious look. Rel desert a life of faith. And take that. So what will it look like? Well, they will say, we can't do anything. Let's let's let's. They take take the law and add to it. They, they're even above the law. They, you know, they, who are these people? There's no and require abstinence from foods that God said they're fine. These people are going over the top. You can, you know, um, you should not eat this. You should not drink that. You should not eat that. And don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't even should I have sex? Sex. Don't even get married. <laughs> Just should I should I eat this? Probably safer not to. Should I eat that? Probably safer not to. If in doubt, don't do it. <laughs> if you doubt, if it, yeah. Uh, what, what about fruit? Mm, I don't know. Grapes. You know, should I eat grapes? Well, no. They they use grapes to make wine. Probably shouldn't eat grapes. You know, that's that's sort of the. Yeah. Let's let's. What can I eat? Water. And water. <laughs> Their options are not many. Yeah, it was, the more narrow you are. Yeah. So, their conscience has been blocked from functioning healthily. Mm. Okay, so it basically says, oh, my conscience is really... <laughs> shut that conscience down. We're going to lead... This is what we're going to lean into. Mm. And because you, your conscience... That's not the life of faith. So, this picture that Paul had of the conscience is... Conscience is there to help you walk in faith. Mm. Not about stopping you from doing bad things. It will stop you from doing bad things because that's not a walk of faith. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It will take you away. Let's look at another passage here. It's almost like, you know, when it's good, it's your ally, but when it's seared like this, it's like it's a it's a control. Well, it it, it we we we're we're using it um, and it's damaged mm. and so it's gonna it's gonna be all misfiring and and not functioning properly. And this is one, so the seared one is I've I, I blocked off the good, healthy way it's meant to be used. Mm. And now I'm letting it teach me. And so I, we, we, we walk in guilt whenever we do anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. This is highly. Um, the, um, 
the, the stained, the defiled um, conscience is one that we've stopped and we've blocked all authorities. And so we're just not hearing any. That person will be more likely just to live and do wild things because they've just stopped having any, their conscience doesn't know mm, what authorities yeah. to believe, so it doesn't believe any authority. So I don't care what my mama said. I don't care what the pastor said. I don't care what the Bible said. You know, all those become all confused now and I just do it. You know, my mama said we should never do that. Well, you know, found that was fine. So pastor said I should never, you know, I should never um, let my hair go below my collar if I'm a guy. Do you know what I mean? You know, and, and hey, I, I heard that sort of teaching. Do you know what I mean? Not, not, from, our, not from my pastor, but I'm saying it was, in, it was around and, you know, if you do a certain thing, oh, well, you know. I grew my hair to my shoulder and I still felt pretty unsinful. So why, why shouldn't I do all the other stuff that they said not to do as well? He also said not to go into a movie. I went and movies fine. So why shouldn't... He also said don't go to an R-rated movie. So I went to an R-rated movie. Do you know what I mean? I, I've just got no boundaries. Mm. He also said don't use these words. I just use all those words now. I, I just I don't care because, you know, that's... A, but that's a... Um, that's what I would have said is a um, seared conscience. Mm. So that's a defiled... Yeah. Corrupted... A seared conscience is a conscience where it's meant to be working right and we've branded it and, and, and stopped mm. it from doing what it was intended to do, which is to help us walk in faith, live our lives in freedom. Because you look at the things that Paul said... Um, so is that, would you say, an intentional or an unintentional thing when you, you choose to block off like the, the grace, the life of faith or... What God is saying. Well, they, it, it's like Paul said that they've they have they've embraced the doctrine of doctrine. So they've embraced, you know, it, it's yeah. deceiving spirits. It's a doctrine of demons. There's a level of deception in there, but they've embraced it and shut down what their conscience mm. was trying to help them to do, right. and so that they mm. can yeah. embrace this new. They, and they and and they can do it thinking they're. Um, it's in the you know Eve, Eve did what she did thinking it was good. Mm. Yeah. In fact, she said, "This is good. This is good." So it's it's you. You don't think you're doing something bad. To you. No one says, "I'm I'm damaging my conscience." Yeah. They think they're helping and liberating their conscience. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They think they're, they're getting, but what they're doing is actually making it corrupt. Um, so by understanding that, we we are seeing, oh, this is what's happening, and so I can work with my conscience. Um, so let's just look at this. Um, Colossians two sixteen. Don't let anyone judge you with respect to food or drink or in the matter of feasts or new moon or Sabbath days. Sounds like these people that he was speaking about in, you know, in Ephesians. Mm. Um, or 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy. These are only the shadow of the things to come, but the reality is in Christ. All those things were shadow stuff. Jesus has come. Now our conscience says that. And, and, and when we go back to them, we're going back to the shadows, mm. the unreal stuff. Yeah. And that's why your conscience says, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Um, Colossians 2.18. But let no, no one who delights in false humility and the worship of angels pass judgment on you. Okay, so I think it's talking about the same sorts of people. Um, that person goes on at great length about what he has supposedly seen, great revelations he's got, but he's puffed up with empty notions by his fleshly mind. He has not held fast to the head from whom the whole body is supported and knit together through its ligaments of sinews grows with a growth that is from God. He's lost connection with God through this. Mm. All right? Um, his conscience, his whole thing, it's broken off its connection with God, and so that's why he's now living on this. Okay? Um, 
verse 20. If you, have, if you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why do you submit to them as though you lived in the world? You've broken off. That is no longer your authorities. It's saying you're, these are no longer your authorities. Mm. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Okay? These are all destined to perish with use, founded as they are on human commands and teachings. Even though they have the appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship and humility achieved by an unsparing treatment of the body. Now, we're just so tough on my body. It looks great, mm. but it's not, the, not what God has given us to do. Um, it's a wisdom with no true value. Um, they, in reality, result in fleshly indulgence. Um, in other words, if they do all this, it actually doesn't help us um, the flesh getting activity there. Mm. It's interesting. Um, you might say, oh, they're shutting things down, but the flesh is running rampant, even though they're trying, you know, it's, it's sort of having the opposite effect. Mm. Um, let me just go to another translation here for verse 23. Um, New American is a little bit, yeah. this is the last part. Um, and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Um, I don't, this is why I'm saying I don't want you to mistake what we're talking about is just doing anything mm. and a freedom to do yeah. anything. Paul says if you do it the right way, you will actually have an ability to control the flesh. Mm. You will stop the flesh stuff. Mm. All right? This isn't, you know, there's, there's, you, will, you will not do the, the things of the flesh. You know, Galatians, you know, the... It lists, you know, the fruit of the spirit and also says the fruit of the flesh, mm. all right? If you do it the right way, it will actually keep you and help you get rid of the flesh. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not a... Um, so... That's good. So this, this is the purpose of it. The purpose is not say, oh, well, just, just live like you want. No, no, the purpose is live like this and actually will help you war against the flesh and overcome the flesh. But the aim is not so that you don't... Uh, I, I, I didn't do this today, and I didn't do this today. What a holy person am I? As, you know, I, or as um, um, Kyra's mum. I should, shouldn't call her Kyra's mum. Mrs. Butler, isn't it? Um, Karen. Karen, you know, should call her by a name. She's got a name, not Kyra's mum. Hi, Karen. Um, Karen, from last week, she said, um, you talk about wearing jeans to the church. Um, it was like, oh, I'm really, you know, mm. that, that bothered me because that was a, yeah. An authority that you should wear your Sunday best and all the rest. And, and um, so it's like, okay, well, Karen, you should turn up the church with jeans with rips in them and stuff like that. And no, not, not necessarily um, because, you know, I, I appreciated two things. First of all, you want to make sure that the only reason you would do that is because it's flown out of a new authority who you are in Christ and recognize mm. these things. And secondly, you don't want to damage and hurt other people who see that and would make the same change for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So she was quite right for being sensitive. Yeah. Do that, um, but it's like, oh, you know, it's all about not wearing jeans. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to read some comments here. We, we've sort of, um, I feel like this is exactly what culture is pushing for a seared conscience. So much in society saying, don't let anyone else tell you what to do, you just do you. Mm. Shut out all other authorities and voices and just do what you feel mm. you want to do. Exactly. Yeah, let, let's shut down the, the seared and then we, we're free yeah. to then. That's very true, Carl. It's yeah. true. Um, just do what you feel. And um, no, I need to have that authority feeding in. Mm. Okay. Now, 
let me, um, let's go back to our diagram. And here's an important um, element that I want you to recognize is um, how do we train our conscience? How do we help our conscience? Mm. How do we strengthen that conscience? Yeah. How do we make that conscience nice and big and, you know, like a, I want my conscience to be really not big and strong in the wrong sense, but strong and good mm. and healthy. Yeah. Um, think of, um, so there is two factors to a healthy conscience. All right. First of all, you got the fi your final authority. Okay. You, what, what, you, um, what you feed in as your authority, you've got to push into that strong. Okay, you've got to love the word, you've got to love God, you've got to love the um, pleasing him and the spirit and, and reading and saying, I just want to do what God says. I'm not in a legalistic way, but you just it, it's got to become that's my final authority. You know, it, and um, and when there it, there will come a clash, there will come choices to make uh, what what my um, culture says, mm. what God says. Well yeah. I just choose God. You've got to mm. and you've got to you've got to have that approach. I, I, I'm thinking if I tell this story the right way. There was a guy who's, um, um, he was like a, a one-armed racquetball player in America. Apparently, it's a, it's a true story, my understanding is. And um, it's like, how in the world could you compete with, against people that can sort of, you know? He goes, well, um, lack of choices. Do you know what I mean? I always knew how I was going to <laughs> hit this thing. Do you know what mm. I mean? I didn't, I didn't, have, a, I didn't have options. I, I always knew everything. I, every time I went into it, I only had one option, all right, because I'm one-handed. Um, so, and they said, how could that work? Well, was, he said, well, everyone else has to take a split second to decide which hand they're going to use. I never had to waste that split second. I already knew how I was going to do this. That's all I've got. Yeah, so you, need to, you, need, you just need to become totally, I'm, I'm a one, one authority, one, one final authority. I That's don't, good. I don't, I don't have to weigh this up every time. I have one final. Seek first the kingdom of yeah. God. And his righteousness, and everything else gets sorted. I just—he's my final high authority. I seek that. That's what I do. I, I've made that decision, and then I just now I have to work that through into everything. But you just have to have that final authority. That's one way. That's that's. But you think that would be enough, but it's not. Um, I think um, Book of Hebrews, chapter five, fourteen. We have mentioned this a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, but. Let's just go back to it. Hebrews 5.14. Because it has the other part. Um, solid food is for the mature whose perceptions are trained by practice to discern both good and evil. Um, the New American says their senses train to discern good and evil. Um, I, I believe it's talking about... Oh, let's sort of see if we can find the Greek there. To, what is this word senses for? Because um, the practice have their senses. Um, an organ of sense <laughs> received from the um It's something internally that is aware of what's right or wrong. Mm. I'm going to guess that's your conscience, mm. your internal part. Your conscience is actually a part of your spirit. Your spirit... Um, your conscience is in your spirit, man. It's a part of that. Mm. That's why in the Old Testament, it just refers to it as being the heart and the spirit. Yeah. Sometimes even in the New Testament, it refers to things which are talking about the conscience. 
and it actually just refers to the Spirit. I wish I could give you the scriptures, but I only was reading them the last 24 hours. And, uh, and, um, but there, there's, uh, there's New Testament scriptures that talk about referring to things of the Spirit or the heart, and it's actually the concept is the conscience. Because your conscience sits in your spirit. Mm. It's part of your spirit. Yeah. All right? So when it talks about this, it doesn't say conscience, but it's actually referring to that organ of sense internally mm. that we work. And, um, and so it says that um, solid food, talking about good spiritual food, is for the, the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Now, when it says senses, I, I think I shared this past, I used to think that mean multiple senses, like you know, you've got multiple senses inside. You know, no, no. And to be honest, when I first read this, I was thinking of talking about physical senses, mm. you know, touch, taste, smell. I couldn't work out what this scripture was on about. It just was very confusing. Um, first of all, it's talking about you have one sense, one, one sense organ. It's not saying we've got multiple, but it's like when I talk about... Um, hey, your noses smell um, the, the fumes that are in this room. I'm not saying you've got multiple noses. I'm saying there's multiple people here. So when I use the plural, I'm saying the, in, the single mm, yeah. sense organ on each one of you. All right? So when it says senses, it's talking about an individual thing on each multiple people, each have one, and you have your sense trained to discern good and evil. How do you train it? How do you develop it? It's because of practice, mm, all right? That's good. Because of obeying it. When, how do you strengthen your, um, um, your conscience, your sense organ? You put a final authority in and then you obey it. Every time, you, every time it goes beep, 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 and you obey it, your conscience grows. Mm. Now, the same, you know, it's sort of the opposite if, if you, if you, if you, if you ignore it, yeah. it, it's, it gets less, okay? Let, let's, let's talk about your personal trainer. Being developed. Your personal trainer becomes more excited and more involved in your life when you respond to them and say, thank you, I love that new exercise. Mm. Oh, I just got, that was so good. Mm. Or that, wow, that energy drink worked a wonder. Then well, they would want to do more for you. Exactly, they're like, You'll have. I, I, I'm going I'm to do some more research into energy drinks. I'm going to find you even a better energy drink, yeah. and I will get. You know, and um, and we, we're going to do this, and I'm going to do that. Um, is this on here? I'll go see yeah. what's happening. I'll be back. Thank you. Is someone needing something at the church. Um, so by obeying that, you um, you um encourage and strengthen and build up your conscience. Your conscience gets empowered by that. It feels stronger and better. And so you, by listening to your conscience, empower it to speak to you. And so, you, you know, you should say, yes. I, I. So when, you're, when your conscience tells you something, you should, if you're quick to obey, and quick, it actually strengthens it. And what you're wanting to do, though, is say, okay, in this area of helping me to walk in Christ and fulfill everything that Jesus has done for me. So when do you feel, when does your conscience speak? Well, it often it goes beep, beep, beep when we're hitting the buffers. But have you noticed that it's this bit like um, 
your the parking sensors, they go beep, 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 beep. What's that? Beep. That means you are about to hit something if you do not. It, it, your conscience gets to the point where it says, I can no longer give you any further warning. We are, we are about to tip over the edge. And it's like, okay, you're about to do something you shouldn't do. Your, your, your conscience is... And have you ever felt that? You're like, it's like almost your heart rate accelerates a little bit. <laughs> and then you just, you can feel it going, beep, stop, 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 stop. And you take it and it goes, ah. So it accelerates. So your conscience speaks to you by accelerating when you're um, uh, moving off path. Now, this is why it gets a bit of a bad name because it's almost like, oh, it only speaks to me when I'm doing the wrong thing. Well, it's just... It, it just buffers you and gives you, a, when you're doing the right thing, it's just a, a sense of well-being and goodness. But when you're going off, then it goes beep, 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 beep. And um, so you start to get that. It hits you. It gets louder, louder, louder. Stop, 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 stop. And then when you do it, it doesn't go away. All right? Um, I think I told the story about when I got, you know, I was a youngster, about eight, nine and um, got involved with some, some friends, you know, poor friend choices, and they were breaking into a, a shop, and I got involved with them, and we're sitting there un, in a park. I'm eating chocolate bars, and they, and then they say, look at Louie, you know, he's, you know, he's so happy, you know, sitting there smiling. It, it, it's, um, it's funny, you know, memories that are very clear. Do you, have, do you have times in your life I can remember that day clearly? You know, there's something... In, I can remember trying to be so cool. You know, I have a really strange man. This is probably weird, you know. I'm sitting there and, you know, a couple of the friends were, they were the ringleaders. They were the one pushing us into the wrong things. And I, but I was full going along with them, you know. And um, one of them, and he, he, he spit, I can always remember, he spit about, you know, about 20 feet. I'm like, he's so cool. You know, he, me, if I spit, it lands about two foot in front of my foot. I, I would never try, but he's like, so cool. Ah, oh, you know, oh. so I'm um, wrong authority, wrong people I'm looking to, all that. But here he's saying, you, you're sitting there, Louis. Hey, Louis, sitting there, he's so happy. But Louis was not happy. Inside, I was feeling terrible. My conscience. Josh has come and joined us. His conscience got hold of him. He couldn't leave. Yeah, I, I thought about leaving, but I thought no. Conscience brought him back. No, well, it was just a, a delivery driver. Wrong street, and so I, I couldn't leave him. I had to help him get to the right place. And to Very be, good. He's so now going. He's going. So yeah. conscience has been satisfied. Is that the teaching? Yes, exactly. You've got a hundred. We're talking about the fact that our conscience speaks to us when we are, are going to the edge and and buffers. It gets mm. louder and louder and louder. Yeah. Beep, 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 beep. And it's exact. It really is like a parking zone. And you're doing the wrong thing. And then when you do it, your conscience doesn't. <laughs> it's like you're back and it goes beep, 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 and then you beep, and then you hit the thing all right the, the parking sensor doesn't go off it doesn't <laughs> stop and it's like crunch it's beep, done it's done it's stuck on now <laughs> now i've got my parking sensor it just won't shut up and even when i stop doing the thing i move the car beep, and it's like you hit me you hit me beep. <laughs> So you've stopped, even though you've stopped doing the thing that caused the conscience, mm. your conscience won't shut up. Yeah. So you're going, um, you know, so we, you know, like with the chocolate bars, we stopped stealing them. We're no longer stealing. I'm just lying in a park eating a chocolate bear, my bar, but my 
conscience is going off I, like I a personally siren. would find that annoying, but yeah. to, to have that constant voice. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Listen to it. Yeah, so it's like, uh, so what do we do? Okay, um, how, what, what's our process here? All right, so it's sort of easy when your conscience is beep, 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 beep. Well, the easy answer is just pull back, all right? Um, but can I say um, your conscience will actually help you and the Holy Spirit's involved in all this too and, and mm. you know, everything. If the if the beep 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 happens, sounds like I'm swearing. If the beep 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 happens, is he saying he's just saying beep? It's not any not, anything yeah, being like censored. Something censored out. <laughs> beep it, beep beep. If the um if that if that conscience starts to alert you, um, ask it why. Mm. Just say why is my conscience bothering me. What, what's what's yeah. what, conscience? What what what, good. Is, what what are you doing? Why, why am I feeling? Why am I feeling nervous doing this? Do you know what I mean? Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit say, "Well, because you know, it, it's because you are pushing into an area of an old authority, and we're having to override it." So, you're driving to church, and you're wearing you're wearing denim jeans, and you're feeling guilty. <laughs> you know, talk using Karen's example from last week. I'm driving to church, and I'm wearing jeans. Part of me is feeling guilty. Mm. Beep, 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 beep. I've just got this sense in my... All right? So the, the thing is, hey, conscience, why am I feeling guilty? And it's saying, ah, oh, well, I'm getting, I'm getting a feed from an old authority. Mm. All right? Um, so, and it's like, okay, what, what should we do here? So what, what's, what's what my final authority say? Well, final authority says, says this, this. Okay, conscience, how about we shut that sensor off? I'm good with that. Mm. Let's let the final authority... Take and what's the final authority say here? All right, all right. Let's just do this. It's good, and um, let's meditate on some scriptures about who I am in Christ and what God has done for me, and let's just let that work. Okay. Another example would be, um, I'm, I'm about to do something, and um, I just feel just niggle, 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 niggle. Why am I feeling this niggle? Do you know mm. any common conscience? What's yeah. happening here? Well, you know, um, well, in, in, I'm trying to think an example in the right sense. It's like, that's not where you need to go to get your satisfaction. Mm. That's, not need, that's not what you need to do to, um, that's not who you are in Christ. That's not, a good, that's not what God, God has told you to do. And rather than, and this is what I'm encouraging you to do, rather than to say, oh, I won't do that, mm. ask the conscience to say, well, what is it that I'm, what's the root of this? What, what am I leaning against? What, have, what am I trying to satisfy in my flesh mm. that you are warning me that there is, I'm moving outside of what Jesus has provided? Mm. What, what am I trying, God, how am I, it, it's, Sin is a personal thing. It's not just something that happens. All right? You know, it's like with David. When, God, when David sinned, God took it personally that David had not leaned, looked to him. And every time we sin, it's a personal slap in the face of God that says, I don't think you can sort me. I don't think you can look after me. Mm. I don't think you can get, you know, you told me not to eat this fruit, but you are holding out on me. You're trying to limit me. 
trying to stop me reach my full potential, we will eat this fruit. Mm. It's actually an insult to say, God's like, what? But they justified it at the time as breaking into new ground, mm. being free and yeah. all the rest. But really what they were doing was saying, God, you're not enough. God, you're, what you've said is not, you know, not, not, not enough for us. So when it goes beep, 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 don't just sort of, oh, don't just back back, but also say, Lord, what, what is it? What, what caused my conscience to get concerned here? Mm. Because if you will dive into it, the Holy Spirit and the conscience will say, oh, I've got some teaching here. This is because, ah, so this is not just about me leaning in to do that. Um, okay, let's take a very simple example. Let's say, uh, I'm going to eat something that's not healthy, and I'm not against eating unhealthy things. But it's like, beep, beep, I feel a little bit guilty eating this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, why? Is it because, you know, all those healthy people around me are making me feel guilty? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm in a room. There's a few people Caleb, here at the moment. That, Caleb just they're, walked they're pretty, in. They're pretty strong on this health, he, healthy lifestyle. He, he snacks on salad, I'm pretty um, sure. Well, can, can, I just, can I say that they actually say, you know, one, one of the ways to eat healthy is to hang around people who eat healthy. Because it hasn't worked for me. <laughs> well, no, that's because you will find ways of eating healthy outside of them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, but there's a part where it's like, oh, I don't want to be around. So I'm saying, oh, am I am I feeling guilty because these healthy people are making me feel guilty? Do you know what I mean? In which case, oh, I'll just, I'm going to shut that down. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm free. I, did, did not Colossians say whatever to eat? If this was all about eating whatever, you know, Ephesians. Oh, sorry, Second Tim, uh, First Timothy four two. I'm just going to read it to you. It, it, um, it was just such an amazing scripture for me at this time because it says um, everything God created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is to be received with gratitude. I thank God for this burger. I thank God for this Coke. See, I've even got scripture. <laughs> I'm all good. But beep, beep, why is my conscience bothering me? Mm. And um, that's when your conscience says, because you, you're, you're using this as a comfort food. Right, yeah. You're trying to comfort your soul because you're not feeling in a good place. And you are using this to get some short-term satisfaction. Mm. Make my stomach feel full. Give me a sugar rush. Mm will give me a moment of feeling good. Mm. But the beep, 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 what is that? It says, God says, because you're using it because something else is not right. Yeah. And, um, and then it's not about the food, it's about why I'm using the food. So I could, I could give God thanks, and God is quite happily let me eat food like that. Mm. But not if it's connected with something that's not in Christ, and it's not working. Mm. So my conscience, I work with it, and by obeying it and making sure it's connected to, oh, that's a final authority thing. Mm. So yes, I want to give attention to it. That's a in Christ thing. So yes, I need to listen to that. But if I say, I don't don't want to be one of those people that's all pharisaical about food, (laughs) shut down that beeper, you know what I mean? Oh, that wasn't the issue. Mm. Your conscience was trying to help you. Yeah. Conscience was trying to train you and equip you and help you to get stronger in this area. And if I'd listened 
conscience would have helped me to walk in Christ. All right? So the one way is when, when your conscience bothers you to enter into some dialogue. Don't feel that you're trapped to just do whatever it says because it could be an old mm. thing. It could be something that the Holy Spirit says, okay, up until now you've never done this because of this thing, yeah. but the Bible actually gives you freedom for it. I'm going to ask you to let's do what the Bible says and walk in that freedom even though it says mm. not to. All right, by your, your old yeah. authority says not to. That's good. And so you're gonna. And sometimes when you do that, you have a bad feeling. So I am telling you to break your conscience. Beep beep beep. There. What? Only if you are doing it by being obedient to it and working with mm. being in Christ and the final authority and making it stronger. If it strengthens your conscience to work who you are in Christ, that is the only time mm. that you you say, okay, and you do it very purposefully. And it, say that's and you do it by meditating. And talking and, and taking scriptures about who you are in Christ and the freedom that God has given you and all the rest. If it's from that final authority, God's authority, it becomes a very healthy thing to do. It, it yeah, it's it's very good and it strengthens you. And it beep beep don't. Um, but your conscience will stay fully active, and that's and then there will come times when your conscience will bother you. So I would suggest, okay, for David, beep beep beep. Why are you not out where the kings are? Yeah, he, yeah, because he wasn't meant to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's like I so said, when the kings go out the battle, David was at home. He just could not be bothered for that, whatever reason. That was the time for war. Yeah, or something that was like there. It was a time when kings. It says when the, that was at the time when kings go out to battle. David was at home, and he'd sent his generals out to to lead the battle. Mm. So there's something like beep 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 beep. Even, even the fact that this makes that statement is like okay. It might, it might have just been saying that's why his you know um, Uriah the Hittite was not there and mm. things like that. But all right, whether that, it doesn't say necessary. Beep, beep, that's, he's on the he's on the um, he's on the roof. Beep, 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 beep. He's he's unsettled. He's can't you know. He's looking, and we all know there comes a moment when I need to turn around. He doesn't turn around. You know what I mean? It, yeah. You know, and um, so that's the moment he should have listened mm. and said, oh, "God." Not, oh, I shouldn't be looking at that. God, why was that pulling me? Why am I unsaid? Why was that a, 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 why was I thinking about the next step? Why was I saying, I'm king, I can do whatever I like? Mm. Why am I thinking like, because I'm the king, I can do whatever I'm like? God's like, yeah, let's sort this out. This is not about the sexual. It, 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 it became about the sexual mm. problem because we broke. What, what's happening, David? Mm. Why are you trying? What, what's wrong with Find, you? Finding the root yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then, um, and then it breaks. Next week, we will talk about what to do. Um, that's all very good if you do obey it. What happens if you disobey your conscience? And like I said, the, um, the, the sensor gets stuck on, and you, you, know, you can be two days down the track, and you... It's still, you're still feeling bad. I imagine that'd be very wearing. <laughs> it is, and um, some people live in that. So, in the end, out of sheer desperation, some people just pull the plug from the battery. Some branches just fell on the roof. Um, and um, it's so out of desperation. Let's shut it down. Mm. Not a good move. Yeah. How? What do we do if we ha see? I can quieten it down by straightening. They, they might do it thinking, dee, 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 dee. oh, get some peace. <laughs> yeah. Bang, I'm just going to do it anyway. Now, just shut up. Beep.
But then you've got this nagging little, well, I can't shut it off, what do I do? Um, next week, we will talk about the process of um, how to restore that, how to restore your conscience to a, a happy place mm. when it has been yeah. pushed to the limit and, and, and gone over because there's a there's right and wrong way to do that and um, we can do that. Um, but takeaway from the day is your conscience in Paul's mind was always designed to help you live in Christ, mm. to walk full in Christ and to... to um, take everything that Christ has made for you and to walk in yeah. that. Um, That's good. And like so when, when Paul talks about a seared conscience, he says, oh, a conscience that's been stopped from you walking in your freedom. Mm. They, 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 they're not walking in a good, healthy conscience. I am walking in the full freedoms that Jesus has yeah. given me. That's a healthy that's conscience. Good. The strongest conscience allows us to do what we want. Um, it, it's... I, I'll share an example. Um, sometimes limiting ourselves, to, uh, helping our, letting our conscience train us in this a- enters us into a, a most amazing world. Mm. All right. Um, yesterday I was about to leave the church and um, I, went, I could hear this noise out in the foyer and a bird had got into our building again. Every now and again a bird gets into our building and so it's flying. And um, um, not familiar with our building, we have these big double doors at the front light, and above the double doors is a set of big windows. Um, and of course, the bird will be flying up to the windows, and it kept hitting the windows and going back, hitting the windows going back, and I was trying to... So I went and opened the double doors, there's two sets of double doors, opened, them, opened it all up, made a way, I'm like, through here, down through here. Our church is a good fly trap. Yeah, as I... <laughs> Come through here, bird, and the bird would fly down, and he'd go up to the um, the window, hit the glass, and then go back again. I'm like, what can I do? If the bird would just limit itself to what I'm saying, yeah. do what I'm telling it to do, it will come through, and it has a whole world of enjoyment mm. ahead of it. But because it said, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, which is, I think is up here, up here, up here. If we would follow what the conscience, it's actually. It's the most liberating and most freeing. That's what Paul says. If you do it healthy, you actually get liberty. Yeah. It's about these people by searing their conscience are actually limiting you. Mm. By blocking by blocking the door down the bottom, they're restricting you to a, a world of yeah. hitting the glass. That's good. You know, so it, the conscience is people think the conscience is bringing you into a smaller and smaller room. But it's not. The conscience is opening up into bigger and bigger spaces. Mm. It's what that's what Paul is on it. It's so that's so we want to train it. We want to work with it. We want to cooperate it with it. Um, so thank you, everybody. Um, Josh, if you want to go and hit the stop button with Jordan. We don't have Jordan with us today. He's back at uni, um, doing his Friday morning uni classes. Um, so Josh has got to run and press the button. Thank you for joining us again and. Um, Pass this on to anyone around that you know could be helped with the teaching. Go back, go to our website, and um, we've got Breakthrough Academy that you can watch. And go back to all the past lessons, and you can find out all that God has for you in the world of covenant, his plan for you. God bless you.